Bearcat Blitz, final game week episode of this just flat-out rough 2023 season for the Cincinnati football team. I'm your host, Russ Heltman, All Bearcats reporter. Check us out on allbearcats.com for all your UC football and basketball coverage. Basketball team in full swing now as well. Joined, as always, by my co-host across the way there, Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver. We are going to kind of get to some of the news and notes that happened around the program this week and then we will dive into a Kansas preview on the back end of the show you see entering that game on senior day at Nippert Stadium as six-point underdogs got to tell you about bet online first though the holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up-to-minute sports wagering news odds trends and predictions bet online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports and not just the big four bet online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played from MMA to international soccer. Head over to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code Believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that's Believe B L E A V. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you all so much for picking us as your podcast choice right now, whether that's on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you're getting your podcast, Amazon as well. Also find us on Talking Cats with Russ Heltman. Subscribe and uh, give us a give us a big thumbs up on the like button over on the YouTube page. Plus, you can find us on Valley Sports Ohio as well. A lot of people checking us out throughout the football season. Thank you all to everybody who has sent me screenshots or just just live action shots of them watching on uh, bars or TV at home, all that good stuff. Dominic, it is senior day coming up in just a couple of uh, trips around the, around the, the, the time. What am I even looking for here? The time clock. I'm all discombobulated right now, just like the Bearcats football team as as we get into the final game week look of the season. Before we do that though, Dominic, Dominic, Shaman Mater enters the transfer portal before the season even concludes, it was a bit of a shocking announcement when it happens. I think maybe people within the team not as super shocked to see the overall exit of Shimon Mater. It feels like it's going to be a definite exit this time around after he entered the transfer portal last year and ended up coming back once the new staff um, got him back into the fold there. But any way you slice it, Dominic, whether uh, whether you look at Shimon Mater as a major asset or not, he has been one of their best receivers all season long, not saying a whole lot there considering how poor the wide receiver production has been, but I believe he I'll go ahead and get the numbers here as you react to the news, but he's one of their top three players in terms of catches yards. And he's their number one touchdown score on the offense through the air. I mean, it's a tough loss, you know, um, um, just, oh man, wish you could have stuck it out. You know what I'm saying? Just for at least to the end of the game. I mean, for the end of the season. Um, but you know, uh, he's he, he's a young man making his own decision, feeling what's best for him, and um, he got to do what's best for you. I mean, um, he was he, he did a lot of great things this season. Um, it was um, a joy to watch, and uh, it was good to see him develop. Um, just kind of curious where his next step is and where he goes off to next. 
going to be interesting. I saw him kind of uh, doing a little wink and a nod on Twitter to the Miami Hurricanes, which was a team that uh, has, was heavily buying for his services in the recruiting ranks just a couple years back. So interesting to see what happens with Shaman Mater and Dom. It, it leaves this team with really no options at tight ends. They are literally, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb saying this. I don't think anybody in the staff would have a problem with me saying this. They are out of tight ends. They are going to be relying on Trevor Radosevich, the transfer guard center from the, uh, from, from, I think it was from Penn or something like that. One of the, who's one of the, one of the Ivy league schools was maybe going to be a starter was vying with Gavin Gerhardt throughout the off season for that starting center job has kind of filled in whatever role they've needed out of him along that offensive front. And now Dom, they're going to be basically relying on him to be the go-to tight end with Shaman Mater now off the team in the transfer portal and Peyton Singletary announced by Scott Satterfield as out for this game, out for the remainder of the season, obviously with only one game remaining. The depth is something that Scott Satterfield talked about in the beginning of the year, getting, getting, having a possibility of getting shredded once they got to the end of the calendar. And that's exactly where we're at, Dominic, with that position especially. But also the run defense has completely fallen off a cliff and Scott Satterfield really attributed that in large part to depth. And I would agree with him in that sense where you're just, they don't feel like they have a lot of guys that they can rely on in terms of the youth and what they've showed at practice throughout game weeks. And when you don't have a lot of guys you can rely on, even with a strong, strong depth marker to begin the season on the defensive front, that's a brutal, brutal spot. It's a brutal few positions to play along that front. And you're still going to be banged up, nicked up, bruised up, and not necessarily on the injury report, but in situations like last week where you got one guy one-on-one -on -one with the ball carrier, those nicks and bruises, Dom, they can play a big factor in those open field tackles. And we saw that on full display with almost, what was it, 400 yards rushing last week. I forget the exact number, but nine yards per attempt on 50 carries. The depth was uh, was hurting, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is part of the time. You just got to get creative, you know, and I think that's what they're doing. And you just got to be creative with how you attack it and, and attack the game plan. I mean, this is a – with losing a – if you when you got a tight end, you got to rely on uh, – O-linemen to come play that position, you know, yep. as far as just it helps in the run game, having that extra blocker in there um, helps bring in people in the box to get your man-to-man -man, uh, man -man coverage on the, on the receiver. So it, it's, it's just going to be interesting to watch and see what kind of game plan they come up with this Saturday. And, and when you don't have depth, man, it, it hurts. I mean, I remember, like, I coached at New Miami High School, man. We – Last season, the game we was we ain't winning. We wasn't winning the game, but we only had twelve guys on the twelve guys, and you got eleven guys playing. I looked to the sideline. One guy got hurt. I'm looking. It was a little freshman. He he had no business out there playing. So, but the guy I'm looking at the guy like, bro, you gotta suck it up. Like we got we gotta go. You got body, body needs to be out there. Can't be playing go. eleven I, on ten. I, we need a wheelchair or some crutches. You, you gotta go. You all we got. So I think that's a situation that the Bearcats has been going through, and, it, and it's and it's a tough one as a coach and even as a player. You know, if you banged up and you looking on the side like, Coach, I just need one, you looking like, Coach, like, bro, <laughs> you got to stay. And, and it's tough. So it's it's a situation this this week is just where it's just going to be creative and just got to come with a master game plan how to attack it. And I think um, as far as just slowing the game down and just, and just working with what you got, 
Uh, this was all going to be dependent on this week. And unfortunately for the Bearcats, Kansas Jayhawks defense has one of the better secondaries, one of the deepest, speaking of depth, secondaries and coverage units when you look at the linebacker core as well in the entire conference. Going to be tough, tough sledding through the air, especially when you think about 258 yards, 23 catches, and five touchdowns just walking out the door into the transfer portal in Shimon Mater after Saturday's loss. Scored the two passing touchdowns that Cincinnati had in the blowout loss to West Virginia last week, 42 to 21. So that's a massive, massive loss. Maybe in addition, maybe a spark that we might see out of the offense through the air could come from Brady Drogosh. Now, I think the big reason we haven't seen any of Drogosh really since we haven't seen any of them at all since Eastern Kentucky played three snaps, looked a little in over his head in terms of the offense and just the speed of the game and that action. And that was against an FCS team. And ever since he's been kind of getting not necessarily scout team reps, but he's been getting third string reps. And you, Dom, you know this from experience, like when you're not getting first and second string reps, it's almost malpractice to play the guy because you're just not putting him in a position to succeed. He's not getting consistent, as I mentioned, reps with the guys in terms of passing routes, passing patterns with those first string players. Your timing is going to be off your, your pocket depth, your pocket setting in the, in, in terms of the pass rush and how you deal with that and how you adjust your offensive lineman. That's going to be off because you hadn't had reps with them. All that being said, we were not allowed to go to uh, – media was shut off for practice on Tuesday. I may have popped in anyways if it was at Nippert Stadium, but I was caught up with a lot of basketball stuff. They ended up practicing at the bubble down uh, down downtown Cincinnati Bengals bubble and their indoor practice facility. So we have – no media has seen what's happened at practice this week. There has been more kind of in-practice game action type of feel for Drogosh in recent weeks. As, as, uh, as Scott Satterfield noted, they've been doing a scout team scrimmage over the past two or three weeks to make sure those guys are just kind of staying engaged and getting enough reps there. Maybe that's enough paired with solid, solid rep consistency this week from Drogosh, if he has it, to get him on the field and just see what he's got against this Kansas defense that, as I mentioned, it's not necessarily, it's not a great defense to say the least, but especially through the air, it's not necessarily a defense you want to play in your first real taste of power conference action. Yeah, I mean, uh, it would be nice to see him to go out there. And, right, uh, just it would be nice to just see something, something else. Yeah, it'd be nice, but you know, it's senior, it's senior night, man. You know, it's every senior year, last game, college. Um, it's kind of tough to pull a guy off, especially he came in, um, came in, started it off, and he been at two other schools. You know, you kind of want to send a guy like that off. In, um, in, in, in a good manner. Um, right, so. and, and, and to that point, Dom, we've been hard on Emory. I've especially been hard on Emory this year, but I got to commend the guy for just portraying himself and, and leading the way he has through such a difficult season. He hasn't played great, but I wouldn't say Emory Jones has been the giant reason why this team is losing football games week in and week out. It's it's a it's a It's a consortium of things. And on top of that, He's always answered the bell whenever the media has asked for him this season. He's always come down there in the sport of college football. And we know this on, we see it on Twitter every week this season, high, high level players at high, high major schools, not answering the call of the media, not talking to the media, not answering after they play a poor game or anything like that. They just go in the locker room and they don't end up talking about it. Emory Jones has talked when he's played well, when he's played bad. And I will commend him for that. I think he's, he's, he's portrayed himself as a stand up guy and, He's done everything you could possibly ask 
on and off the field except for reach the high heights that maybe some people put on uh, put on expectations for him entering this year. The ceiling that possibly could have been there. But as you mentioned, Dom, it, it, it's a th- I think it's a day where sure you'd like to see Drogosh, sure you'd like to see Brady Lichtenberg. But honestly, after this practice, after this game, you're you're not having bowl practices. You're not keeping that momentum going. You're going to have weeks off, a full December off before you actually get back on the practice field again. How much is one game's worth of 10 to 15 snaps really going to affect a guy when you can, on the flip side, show your veterans, show your seniors that, hey, despite a rough year, despite the roughest year this century for this program, we're still going to stick by our guys that have put in the work and have committed themselves to this program, whether it be for one year like Emory or six years like Taj Ward of League Fan. Because that's one thing, like you said, you hit it on the nose, man. I mean, he, he took the role as a quarterback. When you play quarterback, you take all the criticism, good or bad. Yeah. And he's a guy that, like you say, he's he took up to the plate and, and took all the heat. And at the same time, I mean, it's it's, it's each game's been different. It's a collective collective thing. So um it's just it just it just sucks, you know, because you yeah. know, one one game he's playing good. And then something happens with the defense or a receiver drops the ball or someone misses. And in some games he plays bad, but you can't play perfect every game. And the thing I respect more about him is he always, always stay positive. He's not on the sideline pouting if he's getting taken out. He's not on the sideline no. getting mad. He's not going to silence. Things don't go his way. He's cussing people out. He's still got a, a cool head on his shoulders. He's still focused and still in the game. And you can tell he still loves the game. So, um, and, and this is a day where you honor a guy like that and give him that chance to play the whole game out and just have fun, man. Yeah, maybe you pull the upset as six-point underdogs. We'll get to that in just a moment. Dom, before we get the break here and get to a quick quick, uh, quick preview of the game against Kansas, do you have any, any senior day memory for you that sticks out that you want to share with everybody? Yeah, um, you know, uh, my dad played at UC. He played at there. I basically grew up in the program all my life. So uh, he, so seeing that, I didn't tell him. I just told my mom. Um, so I went up to Coach Combs and Coach Kelly to see if I could switch my number for the game. And he was number. Oh, 36. your dad's number? Yeah. That's so awesome. He was thirty six. So I was like, all right, let me switch my number for it. Uh, let me rock thirty six. So when I came out for him to meet me on the field. He took a look at me like, what? what's going on? <laughs> Man, it was one of one of the emotional times where like he just I, I it's rarely I see him cry. And he just was crying, man, just for the oh. fact of like, you know, every time as a father, you always want to see your son be successful. But when you see your son following your footsteps, it's 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 a beautiful feeling. And it's something that we still talk about to this day. And um, and just going out there playing with his number on and and that game coach Kelly was like goody I'm talking to you 10 times in the first quarter <laughs> and he didn't lie <laughs> he threw it to me 12 times in the first quarter and he just kept throwing it to me throwing it to me and, and it was just a good thing good feeling because it's you coming with the guys that you came in with and just seeing you all just putting that hard work from day one and really seeing the progress, especially our progress coming in, getting our getting beat, like beating, getting beat bad our freshman year, and then the senior year we out here battling for we winning a Big East title, and we going to play in the Orange Bowl, and it was a great feeling, man. It's just something that senior night what brings is a whole bunch of like feelings and 
and emotions and just it's a great feeling man but it's sad at the same time because you're just like dang this is my last time playing in the nip and possibly the last time playing with guys i came in with that i built a brotherhood with and right. and leaving the program and leaving the leaving the fans it's just it's an emotional day but it's also um a, a something you never forget that was awesome really glad i asked that because uh we wouldn't we wouldn't have got that story without that that's so good so was that just all your idea just you were like the week before months leading up to it you're like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna rock dad's number and see what he see what he see what reaction i can get out of him yeah he was my role model man like everything like growing up just seeing everybody take to him everybody know him everybody talking about him hearing the stories when he played was just something that i wanted to get to and wanted to be so i mean without him and my mom's man i wouldn't have got to where i was at to this day it's great stuff great story there from dom as we get to a break on bearcat blitz we'll preview the kansas matchup six point underdogs the winner will take the all-time series lead two to one big uh big big amount of contests between these two schools as they get ready for a lot more in the big 12 in the coming years right here on bearcat blitz Kansas Jayhawk preview time right here on Bearcat Blitz. I'm your host, Russ Heltman. He is my co-host right across the way. Dominic Goodman, we have, this is it. This is the final preview of the season. Unfortunately, we will not be previewing a bowl game this year. No Fenway Bowl action, nothing like that going on in 2023. As honestly, maybe we'll look back on it as a positive. This time next year, this time two years from now, when we look back on the 2024 transfer portal hall, the 2024-2025 recruiting halls, we might think back and say, that extra couple weeks they had to put some things together ended up being a positive. Maybe, just maybe, a lot of work to do for the recruiting staff, and that's going to be the main focus for, uh, for our side of things over the next few months on Bearcat Blitz. But until we get there, we got the Kansas Jayhawks to preview right now as Lance Leipold's team comes into Nippert Stadium, one and one all time against the Bearcats. They have not faced each other since 1997, I believe. Yeah, 1997. Cincinnati 81st on SP Plus, Dom. Jayhawks are 40th. Cincinnati has a 37% chance to win, according to ESPN. They're six point underdogs. And when we look at this matchup, starting with UC's offense against Kansas's defense, Corey Kiner, Miles Montgomery, Emory Jones, leave it all out on the field this week, fellas. You got to go a thousand miles an hour in this rushing game to overcome the issues that you're going to have passing the football against Kansas. They are not good against the run. 85th or worse in basically every major category. Yards per carry, 4.37 yards per carry on the ground. They're giving up 161 yards per game. Those are in the 80s. They're, they've allowed a 24 rushing touchdowns this year. That's 115th nationally, and they're 98th in big runs allowed of 30-plus yards. They've given up eight of those this season. This is a game where Cincinnati's road graders, Emory Jones's agility, Corey Kiner's hard-headedness in the hole, all of that has to show up, especially on the interior, Dom, because when you think about the Kansas defense and that front, the interior options in terms of the defensive tackles, not very good, but... The outside guys, the edge rushers are very, very solid in names like Austin Booker and Hayden Hatcher. Both those guys over 75-plus run grades uh, this season by PFF. 
and they're going to give you some issues, especially in the secondary. As I mentioned, this team is very, very solid. A very, very good defense led by Melo Dotson in the back end. He's got four interceptions this year. They got 12 combined as a team, 29 pass breakups, and seven players that have played at least 400 snaps this year and boast 70-plus coverage grades on PFF or better. They got the third best PFF team coverage grade in the Big 12 in terms of pass coverage at 87.3 overall. But Dom, before I give the floor to you on the Bearcats offense versus this defense, they're terrible in the red zone, man. They are terrible. And we know how bad UC is in the red zone. Something's got to give between these two bad units as the Jayhawks are allowing touchdowns on 67% of their opponent's red zone trips. That's 103rd nationally, while Cincinnati is 115th in total red zone scoring this year. Basically, if the Bearcats can find a way to punch it in, most likely on the ground, given how many rushing touchdowns the Jayhawks have given up, and control this clock and just use the winning formula that they've used to get a couple few wins this year, it's it's a game plan that can work against this Kansas defense, offense versus defense. But I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it throwing for 100 to 160 yards per game which is what has usually happened in losses this year. Um, I mean, I think this is just a game where you just throw everything out there, trick plays, razzle-dazzles. You just throw it all out there. Like, you got what, what else you got to lose, you know? So it's with the having – bringing an extra O-lineman in to run the ball is going to help a lot, and I feel like that right there will help for us with the run attack. Yeah, that's uh, true. That's a good point. also – also, too, you're going to get man coverage. So now you can isolate your Xavier Henderson and where you can get get plays out of him. It's his senior year, too. So yeah, a lot of guys going to be playing, playing hard, playing fast, and just trying to get a win because this is for the seniors, you know. And, and and I just think that if they just stick with their game plan, like you said, just slow the ball down, slow slow it down, uh, manage the game well, make, make your plays, make explosive plays on offense, and just really just um just really just stay from third and longs like we've been preaching all week and when you get to the red zone i mean you got an extra guy in there to block why not keep running that thing you know because um because kind of almost four thousand so it's just it's things that they can do this game where it's going to send off a positive vibe for the next season and for for it to come real quickly on the offensive side of things kansas punishing on the ground and it could be a big problem in this game they're going to kill you in similar ways that west virginia kills you with that read option with the quarterback run game jason bean if he's out there probably gonna be a game time decision again or cole ballard the third string quarterback's been solid this year i mean they got a great quarterback room that was headlined by big 12 preseason offensive player of the year jalen daniels he goes down bean goes in for extended time and then cole ballard had to come in last week bean 73.8 qbr out of 100 this year very very good and ballard posted the 64 qbr out of 100 those guys are solid and the offense as a whole 15th nationally with 202 yards per game led by devin neal he has been fantastic in this season 1,100 yards on 6.4 yards per carry, 13 touchdowns. Daniel Hishaw, great, great compliment there at eight touchdowns on 5.2 yards per carry. This is where I think UC loses this football game. I don't think they're going to be able to create enough turnovers to get enough possessions to outscore Kansas. And I don't think the quarterback run game is going to fall off a cliff enough for Kansas to make enough kind of rough, have enough rough drives and ultimately not find themselves getting the 35 
or 40 points. Give me the Bearcats losing on senior day, 35-27. What do you got, Dom? Um, defense, I feel like defense is going to play lights out because you got some seniors on that defense and some guys just don't want to go out like that because I just know when I play, I mean, I was, like I said, our senior night, everybody's playing for the seniors. So um, in my opinion, I just feel like this is a game where you're going to get the best – best Bearcat team right now because this is a team that's like forget it like this is for the seniors this is for everything we've been through we're gonna lay it all out on the line and I got UC winning 27 to 14. All right there you go for Dominic Goodman I'm Russ Elman this has been Bearcat Blitz presented by Bet Online enjoy the final game weekend everybody.